European Heart Journal, Issue at a Glance. Volume 43, Issue 39. Focus Issue, Dyslipidemias. By Editor-in-Chief, Professor Filippo Crea. Read to you by Morgan Bryan. Lipoprotein A in atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease and aortic stenosis, an emerging therapeutic target. This issue contains the 2022 ESC guidelines on cardiovascular assessment and management of patients undergoing non-cardiac surgery, developed by the Task Force for the Cardiovascular Assessment and Management of Patients Undergoing Non-Cardiac Surgery of the European Society of Cardiology, or ESC, endorsed by the European Society of Anesthesiology and Intensive Care, or ESAIC. As many years have passed and new evidence has become available since the publication of the 2014 ESC Stroke European Society of Anesthesiology, or ESA, guidelines on non-cardiac surgery, cardiovascular assessment and management, the ESC has decided to revise the guidelines on non-cardiac surgery, or NCS. These new guidelines are based on the 2014 edition, but all sections have been revised or rewritten and several sections have been added. Some of the old recommendations are unchanged or have been revised, and new recommendations have been added. They are intended for physicians, healthcare workers and collaborators involved in the preoperative, operative and postoperative care of patients undergoing NCS. The objective is to endorse a standardised and evidence-based approach to perioperative cardiovascular management. The guidelines recommend a stepwise evaluation of the patient, which integrates clinical risk factors and test results with the estimated stress of the planned surgical procedure and the risks involved with the discontinuation of drugs. This results in an individualised risk assessment to optimise the patient's perioperative condition. It's important that patients' values and preferences with respect to the benefits and risks of surgery are taken into consideration and that patients are involved in the decisions. The issue continues with a focus on dyslipidemias. We are witnessing a surge of interest in residual lipidic risk unrelated to low-density lipoprotein, or LDL, cholesterol. In a special article entitled Lipoprotein A in Atherosclerotic Cardiovascular Disease and Aortic Stenosis, a European Atherosclerosis Society consensus statement. Florian Cronenberg and colleagues from the University of Innsbruck in Austria indicate that their 2022 consensus statement updates evidence for the role of lipoprotein A or LPA in atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease or ASCVD and aortic valve stenosis, provides clinical guidance for testing and treating elevated LPA levels and considers its inclusion in global risk estimation. Epidemiological and genetic studies involving hundreds of thousands of individuals strongly support a causal and continuous association between LBA concentration and cardiovascular outcomes in different ethnicities. Elevated LPA is a risk factor even at very low levels of low-density lipoprotein cholesterol. High LPA is associated with both microcalcification and macrocalcification of the aortic valve. Current findings do not support LPA as a risk factor for venous thrombotic events and impaired fibrinolysis.
very low LPA levels may associate with increased risk of diabetes mellitus, meriting further study. LPA has pro-inflammatory and pro-atherosclerotic properties, which may partly relate to the oxidized phospholipids carried by LPA. This panel recommends testing LPA concentration at least once in adults. Cascade testing has potential value in familial hypercholesterolemia or with family or personal history of very high LPA levels or premature ASCVD. Without specific LPA-lowering therapies, early intensive risk factor management is recommended, targeted according to global cardiovascular risk and LPA level. Lipoproteinopheresis is an option for very high LPA with progressive cardiovascular disease despite optimal management of risk factors. In conclusion, this statement reinforces evidence for LPA as a causal risk factor for cardiovascular outcomes. Trials of specific LPA-lowering treatments are critical to confirm clinical benefit for cardiovascular disease and aortic valve stenosis. Cholesterol ester transfer protein, or CETP, plays a pivotal role in lipoprotein metabolism by facilitating the transfer of esterified cholesterol from high-density lipoprotein, or HDL, to triglyceride-rich remnant lipoproteins, or TRLs, and LDL, in exchange for triglycerides. In a retrospective analysis of DAL outcomes, the effect of dalcetropib, a CETP inhibitor, on cardiovascular events was influenced by an adenylate cyclase type 9, or ADCY9, gene polymorphism. In a fast-track clinical research article entitled Pharmacogenetics-Guided Dalcetribib Therapy After an Acute Coronary Syndrome, the DAL Gene Trial, Jean-Claude Tardif and colleagues from the Université de Montréal in Canada indicate that the DAL gene study was conducted to test this pharmacogenetic hypothesis. DAL gene was a double-blind trial in patients with an acute coronary syndrome within one to three months and the AA genotype at variant RS1967309 in the ADCY9 gene. A total of 6,147 patients were randomly assigned to receive dalcetropib 600 mg or placebo daily. The primary endpoint was the time from randomization to first occurrence of cardiovascular death, resuscitated cardiac arrest, non-fatal myocardial infarction, or non-fatal stroke. After a median follow-up of 39.9 months, the primary endpoint occurred in 292, or 9.5%, of the 3,071 patients in the dalcetropib group and 327, or 10.6%, of the 3,076 patients in the placebo group. Hazard ratio, or HR 0.88, P equaling 0.12. In a pre-specified on-treatment sensitivity analysis, the primary endpoint event rate was significantly lower in the dalcetropib group than in the placebo group, HR 0.83. The authors conclude that dalcetropib does not significantly reduce the risk of occurrence of the primary endpoint of ischemic cardiovascular events and that a new trial would be needed to test the pharmacogenetic hypothesis that dalcetropib improves the prognosis of patients with the AA genotype. The contribution is accompanied 
by Anne Tybjörg Hansen, Liv Tybjörg Nudisgaard, and Meta Christofferson from the Copenhagen University Hospital in Denmark. They note that the authors should be commended for screening greater than 45,000 patients to finally randomize about 6,000 patients with the ADCY9AA genotype to dalcetropib or placebo. The DALGene trial was expected to provide a definitive answer as to whether dalcetropib would be protective in the individuals with the AA genotype in the population. However, the results were inconclusive. This question can only be definitively answered in a much larger study with a prior expected risk reduction which is less than the 22% expected in the present study. Although none of the randomized controlled trials, or RCTs, showed association with age-related macular degeneration, or AMD, there were modest signals for AMD in the treatment arm versus placebo in Reveal 4 and in Dalgene trials, and a similar trend in the Illuminate trial for serious eye events, despite the relatively short duration of these trials. CETP inhibitors may not be able to cross the intact Bruch's membrane and gain access to the eye. However, AMD is a late-onset disease, and in these elderly individuals, Bruch's membrane may not be intact. Therefore, any future RCTs of CETP inhibitors should be powered to include long-term data in a sufficient number of elderly individuals to exclude that CETP inhibition causes AMD. LPA is a potential causal factor in the pathogenesis of aortic valve disease. However, the relationship of LPA with new onset and progression of aortic valve calcium, or AVC, has not been studied. In a clinical research article entitled, Lipoprotein A is associated with the onset but not the progression of aortic valve calcification. Yannick Kaiser and colleagues from the University Medical Center Rotterdam in the Netherlands, assessed whether high serum levels of LPA are associated with AVC incidence and progression. A total of 922 individuals from the population-based Rotterdam study, whose LPA measurements were available, underwent non-enhanced cardiac computed tomography imaging at baseline and after a median follow-up of 14.0 years. New onset AVC was defined as an AVC score greater than zero on the follow-up scan in the absence of AVC on the first scan. Progression was defined as the absolute difference in AVC score between the baseline and follow-up scan. Logistic and linear regression analyses were performed to evaluate the relationship of LPA with baseline, new onset and progression of AVC. All analyses were corrected for age, sex, body mass index, smoking, hypertension, dyslipidemia, and creatinine. Of the 702 individuals without AVC at baseline, 59% developed new onset AVC on the follow-up scan. In those with baseline AVC, median annual progression was 13.5 Agaston units, or AU. LPA concentration was independently associated with baseline AVC, odds ratio, or OR, 1.43 for every 50 mg per deciliter higher LPA, and new onset AVC, but not with AVC progression. Only baseline AVC score 
was significantly associated with AVC progression, P being less than 0.001. The authors conclude that in the population-based Rotterdam study, LPA is robustly associated with baseline and new-onset AVC, but not with AVC progression, suggesting that LPA-lowering interventions may be most effective in precalcific stages of aortic valve disease. This manuscript is accompanied by an editorial by Florian Cronenberg from the University of Innsbruck in Austria. Cronenberg highlights that these findings, together with earlier studies, are an important basis for the planning of interventional studies that might help to avoid a similar experience to that seen in the LDL cholesterol-lowering trials that targeted the endpoint aortic valve stenosis. Selecting patients without first aortic valve calcifications, deciding on high LPA concentrations, e.g. above 90th percentile, as an inclusion criterion, a sufficiently long observation period, and probable intermediate endpoints on the way to valvular replacement therapy, would be important key points for the planning of new studies in this setting. Cardiovascular disease and brain disorders are frequently linked and are among the leading causes limiting patients' quality of life. In a state-of-the-art review article entitled Heart-Brain Interactions in Cardiac and Brain Diseases – Why Sex Matters Alexia Rossi and colleagues from the University Hospital Zurich in Switzerland note that the intimate crosstalk between the heart and the brain results in a complex network of several physiological and neurohumoral circuits. From a pathophysiological perspective, both organs share common risk factors, such as hypertension, diabetes, smoking or dyslipidemia, and are similarly affected by systemic inflammation, atherosclerosis and dysfunction of the neuroendocrine system. In addition, there is an increasing awareness that physiological interactions between the two organs play important roles in potentiating disease and that sex and gender-related differences modify those interactions between the heart and the brain over the entire lifespan. The present review summarizes contemporary evidence of the effects of sex on heart-brain interactions and how these influence pathogenesis, clinical manifestation and treatment responses of specific heart and brain diseases. The editors hope that this issue of the European Heart Journal will find the interest of its listeners.